Hi, it's Ryan G. with the Holistic Health Hotline. We're going to talk about kids today, among other things. You know, I always um, integrate as many things as I can into one podcast because I just can't get here as often as I want to. Um, nor do you want to hear from me, I don't think, every single day. Although, some people write and say that they do. Um, <laughs> I guess they listen to me on the way to work or on the way home or on the trains or whatever. Um, but anyway, we... we I did promise that I'd talk a little bit about kids because um, the kids are the ones who are going to be affected by so much that is going on today, and their children are going to be affected. I mean, my youngest is 22 now, and um, my oldest is like almost 41. So uh, I've seen all kinds of things go on with their lives, of course, and I know what's going on with their lives now. And how they're the youngest, of course, is going to get married pretty soon, and and can't wait to have babies. And um, I spend a lot of time in book two, I forget the cures, talking about children. We go from before birth all the way up to to college, and we have things going on in our country with indoctrinations in schools and uh, vaccinations and kids not really being in tune with what's happening in their worlds and um, as they get older being really out of tune with what the history of their world is so talking about children talking about babies first um, what I what I try to teach people before they even have children is, is number one of course we all know this taking responsibility for what that means to have a child in your life for you as a parent your, your life will change completely you'll never sleep again no matter how old they get, all the things that they're doing, you worry about them. So you'll never get another full night's sleep. Um, and then as far as having the children to begin with, I tell parents or, or parents-to-be that it's, it's extremely important for them to get their lives and their health together prior to having children. And it's not just the mother. This is both parents. You know, whatever has gone into the mother's body or the father's body for months or years prior to having children will become part of that child's DNA. So, you know, if you if you're taking um, antidepressants and and other drugs, um, legal or not, and you drink a lot, or you drink a lot, or you're angry all the time, or you haven't gotten rid of some of the baggage in your life, some of the things that you should have dealt with as an adult, uh, emotionally. Everything, whether, I don't care if it's what you're thinking, what you felt, what you forgot to feel, what you've denied, what you've ingested, what you've digested, um, what you drink, everything that, that you do becomes a part of that new person. And that begins a life of either you know total happiness and health or struggle uh, and it becomes a struggle for everyone because we're so connected our children are just re reproductions of us we don't produce we reproduce and reproduction means that they they have all of us and then that special footprint and fingerprint that makes them unique and that's God's God's you know stamp of approval basically um, so it's very important to make sure that you're ready to have children, not to just go out and have children. There are some cultures in the United States and all over the world 
who just have babies randomly and and have multiple babies and multiples of multiples which is why one of the reasons that our world is in such turmoil and and poverty and famine um, and and of course as the children who suffer they they starve to death or get sick and there's no medicine because there's no money there's just poverty and um, and the United States does pretty well. I mean, I checked this out yesterday on, on the internet to see how much we actually give to other countries and in what form because there's just some countries we just shouldn't give to because the, the dictatorships and the, the uh, corruption in those countries is so intense that our money is not going to the children at all but or to anybody else who needs it <clears throat> or any kind of projects that need it and in our country is becoming very much like that also we can put out a 700 billion dollar stimulus package that goes you know to save a fish in the San Joaquin Valley in um, California and then starve the people who live there and put the unemployment rate of 46 percent now because we want to save a little smelt I'm not sure that God would look at that as as being uh, morally right. Um, you don't kill his people for the fish. You use the fish to keep the people. But this is what our government is doing. And then you you go to uh, other countries, of course, and because of their governments, um, large masses of people are slaughtered or denied the pursuit of life, and and it's the children who suffer. So at least, uh, I, and I know I have countries all over the world who listen to me. If if it doesn't matter what country you're in, think about what you're doing prior to having a child, what you've done to your body. If you're having um, the child be out of anger, or <laughs> I don't even know what anymore. You know, people people don't have babies for the right reasons. I I I used to try to talk people out of having children because I couldn't find the right reason with them. When they finally came around to understanding what children were, then, then I stopped talking to them. But I had people in my past who would say, I, I want to I have a baby so I can learn to play baseball. Or I, you know, so I have somebody to be a companion um, because I'm lonely. Because I hate my husband or I hate my wife. or I, I want to have a son so he can be just like me and I can teach him everything I know. And okay, you're supposed to be there to guide them. You're not supposed to be there to change them or to turn them into you. They're supposed to have their, their original and unique footprints and fingerprints. Those those are not just little things on your fingers and toes. You know, these are things that, that make them that unique person. So, if we're going to have unique children, which we will because God helps create them, um... Why then do we send them to schools that try to turn them into uh, stripped down, not individuals anymore, but, but all the same groups? Uh, and I don't even know how to explain that. But I know it works in the Marines, I'll tell you. When we went into the Marines, you, you had to lose your personality completely and become a Marine. And, and that was for survival, so that everyone was always on the same page. And everybody was unique. But everybody was the same. And our schools are trying to do now the same thing. And, and and as we are doing that in the United States, turning our children into little robots and clones, um, other countries like Germany just put in a conservative for, for the second term, Merkel. 
yesterday or the day before was elected back into office. We're going radical and Europe in many areas is going conservative because they know how much the radical, communistic, socialistic, leftist, radical baloney has destroyed their countries and their, and, and their children. And they want their children to grow up differently and to have um, different opportunities, but also just the right to life, just the right to, to, to be who they're supposed to be. We've had a lot going on here. Um, and, and some people think it was silly, you know, that the indoctrination stuff that's going on in schools. Well, it's not silly. When you first bring up your child, I mean, you've got a, a couple years with that baby, and everybody that you have come over and visit, and everywhere you go, and all the things that you do affect that child tremendously in the first two years of life. So if you don't eat correctly, and you try to force the kid to, believe me, even though that little baby can barely see, talk, or, or understand as far as you know, they're following everything you do. If you um, if you drink ten beers a day, it, your child will grow up and either totally not be able to handle any of that or will try to be just like you no matter how old they were when they saw you do that. So, I mean, people are... Um, just totally oblivious in, in so many ways to, to how they're affecting their children. And then as they get to be two or three, four years old, they get put into daycare here. Um, nobody stays home with their children anymore because everybody wants to work and make a lot of money. Now, there's something that I agree with the other side on, that we're too focused on being the richest with the most stuff so that the kids, once again, suffer. So we've got both sides of the spectrum. I mean, it's radical on both sides. It's either you, you have nothing, and you have a lot of babies, and they have nothing, and, and so they learn how to, you know, steal it, or lie to get it, um, or do what they have to to survive. And then you've got the other side that just thinks that you're supposed to do whatever it takes. You trample on whoever, or do whatever, to make as much money as you can, to have the most stuff that you can have, and, and totally neglect the real stuff that counts in bringing up your children. So we have a lot of rich kids that aren't really rich at all because they've, they've been handed everything. And they don't know, um, they really don't know <laughs> what the world is about. Even our president was, because of the kind of life he had, because of how his father abandoned him and then his mother did in many ways. And, um, and he was mentored by neighbors. Um, and then channeled up and groomed to be, the, you know, the new left radical communistic whatever person who would eventually go into politics. He he was um, he also led a charmed life because he was put into to uh, very prestigious schools and handed things on a silver platter by people from other countries, whether that be Indonesia or Pakistan or. Saudi Arabia or wherever that money came from and you can tell I mean when you saw him throw the first pitch out at a baseball game that I, I mean that picture of him throwing that baseball you've got to go on the internet and see it because my youngest when she was two had better form in throwing a baseball um, and I, I looked at that and I watched him and I said you know this this guy doesn't even know how to play baseball he's never played it the, the the American pastime of baseball is foreign to him. Now, there's two conspiracy theories for that. That means that he 
wasn't here, never saw a baseball game. Part of that is true. He spent much of his youth, or not much, but many years of his youth in other countries. Um, but supposedly he was born here and went to school in Hawaii and all that stuff. And, and little kids from two to three, four years old are playing baseball. So it was just amazing to me to look at his form. that He had no idea how to throw a baseball. And his body certainly wasn't trained to do it. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, we have all those things happening with our children right now where they're being indoctrinated away from being good old human beings on earth and in America. History. Children in first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade and then in college can't name a president. Who was the first president of the United States? They don't know. They never heard of George Washington. They know Abraham Lincoln. Because of the Lincoln Memorial, I think that stands out. I mean, it, you know, they know him, and um, and they know the present president, and they know the bad presidents. You know, all the ones like Nixon and Bush, those are the bad presidents. Um, they can sometimes name those, but when you ask them, you know, who the first president was, who's Thomas Jefferson? Who were the founding fathers? Can you name them? My 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 youngest used to say to me, "Why I hate history." She used to say, "You know," and she's fourth grade or whatever. And I'd ask her why, because of course, you know, I I follow history like crazy. And she said, "Well, who cares about dead people? Who wants to read about dead people?" And I had I spent a lot of time with this child, trying to make her understand in different ways, whether it was metaphorically or directly, that without the dead people, many of them, she wouldn't be alive. You know, I talk about the revolution. I talked about um, the Civil War, Vietnam, all the things that have happened warlike, but also uh, that just the, the little history, the little history of you know the guy who painted the schoolhouse white and put the bell up, you know, 150 years ago, so that people in a small town would have a place to congregate with their children and learn things, and that that became the school. And, and what school was supposed to be about. Now, kids don't know what school is about. What they think it is, is it's, it's a babysitter that they don't like, most of them. And because mom and dad are going to work, or just mom or just dad are going to work to make more money, they need some place to go congregate. So they congregate there, but somebody forgot to tell them that they're there to do a job, that they also have a job which is to learn as much about this wondrous world as they could possibly learn and and to be happy and joyful and passionate about it. Um, and what is that for? That's so as you grow into adulthood, you find your gifts and you find your reason for being here and um, and then translate that into what you're going to do for humanity, whether that's making a lot of money to do it or not, doesn't matter. It's if you are totally happy with what you're going to do every day so that when you get out of bed, you're ready and willing and able and happy and joyous about going to do your work, your work on earth, whatever that is. It doesn't have to be the most important, prestigious and, and um, well-paying career if it is, good for you. You found the right path. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and, it, and it worked for you. God helped you do it. Um, it may be that, you know, all you do is um, dig ditches on the side of the road. But if you love digging, if 
Can you see these little kids love digging, just like some dogs love digging, and others wouldn't touch the dirt for anything? Um, but if you really love it, and you know that ditches are part of the earth, and that you're trying to do something with that ditch to make it do something for the rest of humanity, you get up every day because you love your job. You love your work. You love your reason for being here. That's what a job is. So in school, kids are supposed to be learning who they are, not being told who they are, not being indoctrinated into um, uh, the worship of whoever. They're supposed to be given all these different subject areas, I guess you'd have to call them, you know, all the things around them. You have a history. You have a way of socializing with people. That's sociology when you're older. Um, you have the science of the world, whether that's from the earth or from the sky um, or from water or from the minute details of science to the most vast areas of science. Um, the chemistry of things, the biology of things, how they interact, how they how they form. You have how things work. You know, the mechanics, the physics. And, of course, there's math, which you have to have because everything is actually based in math. People don't realize that. You think you only use math to calculate your worth and how much you're making versus understanding math as a science that, that, um, that depicts and explains a lot about why things do what they do and how they came into being and, and how you can help them do that. So you need math to do that. Um, you need physical education. Why? Because we're not like we were a hundred years ago. We don't go outside and plant and run with the horses and um, uh, climb trees and swing through the vines and do all those kinds of things that the kids used to do and, and had to do a long time ago. Um, they need to be educated on how to be physical because they don't know how. How silly is that? I mean, I'm, I feel so sorry for kids and the grandkids and the great-grandkids that are coming because they just, they, they have, they're, uh, they're just not going to have life the way we know it. And um, we'll have to be told to all go out and do like we do in the military and go stand in lines and, and make sure there's enough space between each exactly the same and do your jumping jacks uh, instead of knowing that you can do your jumping jacks while you're trying to catch butterflies or race the wind or go out and dance in the rain or see a butterfly and and know that you can chase it around and and that you're actually dancing that you're moving every muscle in your body as you try to follow that little tiny fluttery thing or go climb a tree and sit in there, sit in that tree and know that you're perfectly safe, the angels will guide you back down, but that you made it to the to the branch that you wanted to go to. It's part of your self esteem. It's part of your ability to stick to a to a uh, a project or a vision and do it with passion because it's so much fun to climb trees and see if you can really make it to that next branch. Oh my God, the trees we used to climb when I was a child. I just went back there not too long ago and took a picture of the one tree that I always went up that the firemen wanted to get me down from one day. And I said, you know, leave me alone. And, of course, the angels got me right down. I was, there was no problem. I wasn't hurt. But the, but it used to be a challenge because we had to climb on top of things and then shinny up one branch to reach another branch to get to this and get to that. And three of us in our neighborhood 
formed what kids always used to do. We used to do these funny things, but we formed something called the Tree Climbers Association of America, and I became the president. And you had to become the president. I don't know, nine years old, ten years old. You had to get to the top, the highest point of the tallest tree we could find that we could climb that wasn't on somebody's property, and uh, on the windiest day, and stay up there and carve your initials in the tree. So that everybody knew that you had made it. And I had my initials at the top of many trees. Um, kids today, they wouldn't have a clue what that meant. Um, their, their ways, unfortunately, of, of challenging themselves are with video games, Xbox stuff, uh, sometimes with horses. My youngest was a horse woman, girl. And she challenged herself with an animal, and that's that was good. I mean, that was excellent, actually. She was actually a champion. She has many, many, many blue ribbons. Um, but she didn't get into group sports, like baseball or basketball or, or you know, soccer or any of those kinds of things. She wasn't into them because she didn't feel like she was good enough, so she, she went to the animals. And now, you know, she'll say to me, you should have pushed me to keep doing it. And she's probably right. I should have pushed her, and I was busy. And I, I, I was, you know, basically bringing this kid up by myself, the last one. So, um, and I had to work. And that's the problem, is we're all out there working and not, not doing for our children what we need to do to, to give them not only uh, everything they, they desire, which you shouldn't, but um, make them learn how to acquire the things that they need and want. That you do it through you, that you don't do it through stealing from anyone or, or ripping somebody off or through coercion or corruption or lies or cheating. You don't need to do all those things. That you that you become a true human being that cares about humanity and has a reverence for the, your creator and the earth that you walk on. And in all of that, with your passion and your love, you become who you want to be. And who you're supposed to be, and we just we don't do that anymore. And and it's that's what's if you want to know what's wrong with any country in the world, look at the children, and look at what the parents are doing. Um, and it doesn't matter what culture it is, it doesn't matter what color they are. You know, there's different cultures that do different things. I'm a little very well, actually I'm very concerned about the radical Islamic stuff that's going on in the world. I read something yesterday. Um, about the percentages and what happens, it, you know, it's okay. If it, in many countries, if everybody's got different things going on, we're not the only melting pot. But um, if you have five or ten percent uh, of the Islamic faith, everything is fine. Nobody's there's no problem. But when it it continues up to twenty eight percent, all of a sudden there's a lot of radical violence because of the the factions of Islam, and then you get up to twenty. Uh, 9 to 32 percent um, that violence turns on many others and as it grows from there it, it becomes extreme so there are some countries and you'll recognize them you know, um, Sudan and, and places like that that have almost 100 percent Islamic populations that are uh, constantly in war and, uh, and torture with a lot of deaths all the time and the United States has gone from 1970, there were 100,000 Islamic people in the United States and, and basically peaceful. <laughs> um, and now there are close to a million and still basically peaceful, but things are changing. In 
England, uh, or Great Britain, and um, and France, the Islamic population has grown to be a, a higher percentage, like it's up to 22 percent or 24 percent, and the birth rate of the indige- indigenous people has gone down to 1.01 babies per year, which means that the um, people from Islam will take over the population but as their population gets higher the factions become much more deepened and and so the the violence you'll see many things happening in in France and England that are um, that are violent you know violent demonstrations and hateful demonstrations that come from these factions and so I'm very concerned about what's going on. don't don't write me and say I'm I'm you know I'm a Muslim, and you can't say those things, and you shouldn't say it. I'm not saying that all people are like that. But if you had any kind, you know, the XYZ faith, when it becomes uh, most of the population of any area, the factions within it cause the problems. Now you can go over to Israel and and Palestine. I saw a, a poll yesterday asking if people thought they, they should be on Israel's side or, or the Palestinian people's side. And it was pretty much down the middle. It's like 53 to 46, you know, so give and take, you've got 50-50. And I was surprised at that. I don't know why. I don't know why I was surprised. I have no idea. I guess I've, uh, being an American, I look at what happens with um, Israel because America has been Israel's partner for so long. And so I look at that, and, I, and I'm, I'm like, wow, 50-50. But why is there so much violence in between? Because they're both, on one side you have all Israelis, <laughs> or very much Israelis, but, but they have Muslims over there, believe it or not. And, um, and then on the Palestinian side, you don't have many Jews, but you have a lot of people from other places that are Palestinian, because we, nobody's 100% anything anymore. But because they're cultured in one area, you know, it's all, Israel is all Israelis, and Palestinians are all Palestinians. You can't even, you can't say that about America. Americans are no longer all Americans. And, um, Germans and France and French are not all Germans and French. They're, they have all these other factions within them. There's a lot of violence. Um, territorial violence, warlike violence, spiritual violence, religion, religious violence, um, philosophical violence, everything. They, they go to war. So now, let's go all the way back to schools. Because of all those things, in school, you have the same thing going on. Um, and when I went to school, you know, it wasn't that everybody who lived in Fredonia, New York, was alike. I mean, I, I used to struggle a little bit with, with the upper ruling middle class there. <laughs> I had a lot of kids in school whose parents were the lawyers and the, and the doctors. And my father owned a business. And there's a dichotomy there between who owns a business and who's a professional. Well, I'll tell you, my dad worked hard, but he had the best restaurant in Fredonia for 25 years. And um, and people remembered him. He was Uncle Al to all the kids who went to college because, you know, they had a bar part of it. And all the kids who went to college used to sign the yearbooks every year. And when my father died, he had a stack of yearbooks with thousands of things written in them from college kids who said they couldn't have made it without him. So, yes, the lawyers were important. But Dad was just as important, and and it wasn't even the thing he wanted to always do, but his brothers wanted him to, so so he did it with passion, and um, and he made a difference in a lot of people's lives, which I can't say 
so much for the lawyers that I know who grew up in <laughs> my class. Can't say that for them. Uh, but what's happening in our schools is everyone's trying to turn our children into these unrepresentative beings that aren't American anymore. So they're very un-American in what's going on. I mean, the textbooks are being changed to say that um, people of the Islamic faith founded America. Well, I'm part Native American, so now you've got a battle on your hands. And do I agree with what happened with America? That the Indians, what happened with the Native Americans, the Indians? No. But I don't think there's one area in the whole world that hasn't been conquered by some warlike faction of somebody. <laughs> you know, nobody was just born there and stayed there and didn't have this conflict all the time. That's that yin-yang thing. That's that negative, positive energy. It's the, it's the magnetics of spinning on our earth um, that's fostered from... Uh, religious beliefs that are too one way or uh, philosophical beliefs about um, conquering the enemy and destroying and taking over their part of our world because of this insane um, desire to to have power uh, anyway we all know where all that comes from and our children are are being untaught history <laughs> and I can't stand that I think people have to get back into the PTAs and back into the schools and find out what's being taught if I had seen what was going on in some of the, the videotapes that people have seen lately about kids being indoctrinated um, to praise our president not not the office of the president the individual you don't praise the individual. We don't never, you know, nobody bowed down to George Washington. George Washington bowed down to God and didn't even want to do what he was doing all the time, but he knew that God wanted him to. So the revolution happened, and my great-great-grandparents were part of that revolution. And uh, and on both sides, unfortunately, because on both sides of my family, we, we go on two different sides, but, but they, they fought for a country. And that country that they fought for was supposed to live um, with the premises of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness being in being uh, given to them not by that man, not by the president, but by the creator. That we have inalienable rights in America because of the creator. Which has always told me that yes, we were a chosen place. That's why we we became the symbol and uh, the light for so many people and so many other countries who wanted to come here. It was a chosen place. It's being destroyed now, and I I can't even talk about it without um, without weeping for my country. So I hope we can get more involved with our children so that the children remember and learn how this country came to be and um, in truth which is going to be a hard struggle for many many people because kids that grew up to be my age now have forgotten that history and forgotten that truth um, we want to fill them full of chemicals vaccinations that go crazy I mean 
you know, sudden in- infant death syndrome, SIDS, and autism, and asthma, and all the things that are, are, you see that the swine flu is a risk to children with asthma. And I said last week they shouldn't even have asthma. Well, asthma oftentimes comes from vaccinations. We didn't have all those when I was kids, a kid. You know, we didn't get the MMRs and the DPTs. But uh, you get the DPTs and you look at the percentages of children who have asthma who had the DPT shot versus the ones who don't have asthma who didn't have the DPT shot. And I think it's up there at 53% more children have asthma who had the DPT shot um, because of what's in all these vaccinations that you guys in Europe know didn't work. You stopped using a lot of these vaccinations 55 years ago. We're still doing it because for whatever reason, whether that's power and control over our children, or over our population, or it's the ideology of capitalism that says the pharmaceutical companies are so huge we want to give them more money, so let's keep filling our kids full of this stuff, or it's, it's um, you know, program socialization. Uh, we know that, that the... Uh, the health industry is one-sixth of the economy, so let's make sure that our population, as it grows up, is going to stay sick, so they have to keep buying medications and using doctors and insurance companies. Um, whatever the reason is, is not a good reason. And again, the kids are the ones who suffer. We just suffer a different way. I mean, people in other countries don't see famine. There is. They don't see poverty. There is. Go to the Appalachian areas. Go there now. And go there after the cap and tax goes through, if it does, the new energy bill, which is a hoax and a lie. But go to these areas of the United States where, that are always hidden. They're behind the fences. They're in the back parts of the cities. And you'll see poverty. You'll see starvation. Um, and yet we'll give, you know, $700 billion to fish and to other countries, to dictators. We've given money to Venezuela. We give money to Pakistan. We give money to Zimbabwe, and nobody knows how much or where it goes. But we can't give charity at home to help build a, an educational system that makes us unique again, allows our children to learn who they are, that allows um, children to learn how to be naturally healthy, which they can. We can't do that. We don't know how, or we don't want to or our leaders don't want to, whatever it is. And we talk about the kids being indoctrinated. I think people my age are already indoctrinated. They think the government's supposed to do everything for them because they're too busy working. And they're going to have a very rude awakening um, when they find out that everybody has to have the same color house and you don't have a choice anymore in food and cars and clothing and that the kids will all sit in a row and all say the same things about the world because that's how they've been taught. They'll have no original ideas, no freedom to express those ideas, um, and no passion to do it either. So this turned into a different podcast than I thought it was going to, and again, it's long. I'm sorry. There's just there's so much going on, and I, and I weep for the children I, every day. Um. I I don't know how much one person can change things, but I spend a lot of hours trying to be at least one of them, and I hope you're doing the same. I hope that you're not sitting back and being complacent or being defeated, that you still have hope in your heart, that you know that you can stop uh, a lot of what's going on um, and, and stop this power grab that's happening and maybe educate some more people. 
along the way into what it means to be uh, an American, a human, a person that believes in humanity um, without power and without uh, ego. So anyway, go to earthwalk-usa.com, read the books. I mean, the book two, really, we go from zero to 25 for children, and we go into senior citizens, the EPA, the FDA, the history of those things, how it affects you uh, in everyday life. Book one is the basic seven keys to health. They're still out there. You can purchase them. They're not expensive. Um, but get an education that way. And uh, while you're at the site, check through all the different tabs. We talk about vaccines. We now have two pages for vaccines. We have... Um, social issues, we have news, we have uh, the Obama pages, um, because all of this is related to our mind, body, spirits, and our well-being. So come back, tell people about the podcast, send it on, email it, refer it, tell them about the website, and come back and listen some more. Again, this is Raina G, and I thank you.